The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello. This is Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. Today's something different. Today is about hope and connection. We've heard so many of our past speakers talk about the negative things that they put in our food and our environment. So let's focus on the positive. This will not take away from the messages about what's in our environment and food, but this is something that helps us reach a little bit beyond. Today we have Tommy Rosa and Dr. Stephen Sinatra. Tommy Rosa is a spiritual counselor who helps people conquer their fears of death. He's also the founder of the Unicorn Foundation in Stewart, Florida, which is a nonprofit foundation dedicated to the educational endeavors and community outreach projects. Now, Stephen Sinatra, MD, is a cardiologist and psychotherapist with over 40 years of clinical experience treating heart patients. He is truly a pioneer and very spirited and very spiritual. His books include The Sinatra Solution, Metabolic Cardiology, Reverse Heart Disease in No Time, Lower Your Blood Pressure in Eight Weeks, uh, How to Beat Heart Disease, and many others. But even more interesting is he delved into the time-honored healing technique of earthing, where we connect with the earth for healing energies. But before we get into our show, I'd like to talk a little bit about a friend of mine, Jim. Now, Jim is a fantastic nurse, and when he walked into the room, everybody smiled. His wife recently died, and what could I say to make him feel better? What platitudes could possibly help? But first, I'd like to do a little sidebar, because when I was young, I noticed I can communicate with people in my dreams. This is very important, because I want to know who's going to bring the longest jump rope to the playground. As I got older, I decided to experiment and apply this to people when they're awake. I could have conversations without a word. This was important because sometimes environments are treacherous. It's like the set of Survivor. They're the savages, alliances, and who's going to be voted off the island. Well, you can imagine the next step. So I told my friend Jim about my friend Ray. Ray's a classmate who's a Hollywood magnet, doing very well, whose wife died. I'd have met Ray only for a couple of hours and his wife for a couple of minutes. So I emailed Ray Your wife says, I love you, I love you, I love you, till the cows come home. Ray freaked out. That was their secret phrase. How the hey would I know that? So anyway, I told this to Jim, and it kind of perked him up a little bit. I'd come in with daily messages, whisper in his ear, sweet little nothings like I love you, and it gave him hope. 
And right before the show, I got a text from Jim wanting to thank Dr. Sinatra and Tommy because the book gave him great comfort knowing his wife is in heaven surrounded by unconditional love. So I don't know exactly what I was doing with all that, but it sure is interesting. So now I'd like to add, uh, bring on Dr. Sinatra and Tommy and tell me more about your book and how you met. Sure. I mean, I can, I, I can probably do that because um, uh, Tommy walked into my life about, what, five and a half years ago, right, Tommy? That was at the conference in yes. St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, I had just had a hip replacement and... Uh, I was about four months post-op. In fact, about three weeks before the lecture in Florida, I had some uh, skin tumors on my face, and I had a couple biopsied. And uh, I forgot to tell the plastic surgeon that I had a prosthetic hip. And, um, uh, you know, things were okay until I flew down to Florida, and I was walking around, and I, was, I had, uh, like, this really bad discomfort in my prosthetic hip and I said what is that I never I never really uh, had discomfort like that post-op and uh, I was barely walking and I gave the lecture on grounding in fact and uh, Tommy was in the audience Uh, I didn't know Tommy was there until I went down to the uh, exhibitor hall following the lecture and I was in so much discomfort I just blurted out I said does anybody have any serapeptase and Susan, I mean, you know that serapeptase is an enzyme that dissolves bacterial coats. Because I was thinking in my own mind that, uh-oh, you know, maybe this hip pain I'm having is a bacterial infection because I had, you know, my face biopsied a few weeks before. And, uh, and I'm thinking this, and then lo and behold, uh, Tommy walks up to me because we're in a hall, and he says, uh, hey, I really enjoyed your lecture. I said, thanks so much. He goes, and by the way, he said to me, uh, you have an infection in your in your in your new hip, and I go, how could you possibly know that? And he he said to me, with a smile on his face, and he says, well, spirit told me. I said, spirit told you? He goes, yes. And then after that, I said, okay, we we got to get to know each other. And so that was the first time we met. We've become best friends. Uh, we've gone on so many conferences together. Uh, you know, he's been to my house. I've been to his house. We've we've traveled together, and we and we wrote the book Heaven and Earth together. So, uh, and and now we're on your show. So without further ado, I'll. I'll uh, introduce Tommy as uh, my co-author and the man that went to heaven and back. So go ahead, Tommy. You can tell your side of the story. Thank you, Dr. Sinatra, for that introduction. And Susan, thank you so much for having us today. Glad to have you. I want to hear all about heaven. So my story starts as this. I was a plumber working from 7 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night and seven days a week and just keep going through the grind, as most of us do, to, to make a living. And one evening, I went down to get a loaf of bread, and as I crossed the street to get to the store, I got hit by a car going 40 miles an hour and put me into sudden death with a heart stopping and being shocked back to life minutes later. But during that time, I went through this beautiful white tunnel of light, face first, with my arms stretched out behind me, going, something like you see in time-lapse photography, all the white light and the blue and pink and a certain smell of frankincense and myrrh as you went through this. And what it does is it relaxes you so you feel total at peace. And this, going through the light I learned later on, is how the soul transfers from this third dimension to the heaven dimension. It has to raise its elevation. So that light is designed to do that. 
So when you get to the other side, you're not in shock of what's happening. So when I get there at the other end, I'm in this room laying down on my back, looking up at the ceiling, and I can't move an inch. But I'm not scared at all. So minutes later, I stand up, and when I stand up, I'm not touching the ground. I'm elevated off the ground like six inches, so I'm floating. And I look in the other end of the room, and I see this beautiful, brilliant white light, and it's um, like a big ball. And it comes closer and closer. I can't look at it too long because it burns my eyes. So eventually, about 10 minutes later, I can move it, and I see it. It's a man. And this man has a beautiful beard, shoulder-length hair, a halo, a beautiful white robe, and he's off the ground, too, at six inches. And he turns to me and says, hello, Tommy. And then my head says, how's this guy know my name? And then I says, what am I here for? He says, you're here to learn about health, love, and health. And my answer back to him was, why me? And he said, why not you? And that's another part of really wanting to write this book because this same story I went through, thousands go through it. And when you go through it, you, you really have to come back. You come back with a different energy and a different vibration. But we're here to change something to help the planet. We're not sent there just to be sent there and to come back without knowledge of something how to repair here. And I think one of my reasons coming back was to help people get rid of the fear of death and to understand that there is a consciousness of God's love 24 hours, 7 days a week, always in you, and that you're never alone. And we all, as we get old, you know, younger, we think as God is a punishing God for religions and things like that, but God is a forgiving God. There's one thing God can't do. He can do anything. He can make hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, but he can't stop loving us. And he loves us unconditionally. And that unconditional love is what heals our bodies. And when you can make your own self vibrate at that unconditional love level, you start to heal yourself too. And that's what the eight revelations do. They help increase the vibration of your own body so you can get healthy and happy and be closer to God. Does it matter what religion, uh, aren't all the religions kind of going the same place, like different radio stations that we might uh, harmonize with more readily? Well, the religion is in this dimension, so people have different ways to honor God. And remember, when you're in in a church or a synagogue or a mosque, you have a collective energy of all the people who are believing in that religion. And that also heals your, your body with a vibration change. Now, if there was just one religion, the place would be pretty boring, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So God gives us all different ways when we uh, incarnate back here to experience different ways of living. Sometimes you come back as a man, a woman, African-American, uh, Chinese, or an Indian, and there's all ways that you learn to have different cultures and to be connected with everyone because each and every one of us are all connected to each other and to God simultaneously. And that's a big, big message. And that's one of the revelations that we're all connected. And it, over the years with Steve and I together, we've seen how the connection works. It's just amazing how God puts people in your, in your path and all of a sudden you need that person for something. Absolutely. Like when I saw Dr. Sinatra, 
on a show called uh, Health, uh, Your Health with Dr. Richard Becker on TV one day. And my wife's an intuitive, and she said, Tommy, he's going to be a, a doctor for you and a good friend. And he said that, uh, you know, I do more than being just a physician. I do also, I believe, healing because I use all different modalities. And I started crying. You know, I was a connection right there. And a year and a half later, I meet him. And so God the- had me meet him with an issue that he had going on to show me something that would open a divine spark in his brain, okay? That connection. Like, how could I know that? And that's how he does it. So we, this connection, I, I suspect if we've got pure intent and put ourselves open to serving the universe, the universe kind of responds with the kind of gentle breezes to, you know, bring these opportunities and wonderful people to us? Yes. So, yeah, I, yeah, and actually, Susan, yeah. I, I could address that because after meeting Tommy um, and, you know, writing the book together and, and, and when we first started doing the book, it, it was like over a thousand pages. It was like there was so much material. In fact, we, we threw out all the different uh, authors that wrote about near-death experience, Ray Moody, um, you know, and, and that whole group. Um, in fact, it was section three of the book, but but the book was literally so big that we had to cut it down. And um, when when Tommy and I reflected on you know what was going on in our lives, um, especially when you write a book, a spiritual book, it gives you an opportunity to look at your own life. And uh, you know, I, I've written twenty books before, but I never really looked at a book. Uh, from a, from the spiritual point of view, so I realized that Tommy was placed in my past for a reason. Uh, after meeting Tommy, and then I looked at my life and I looked at what happened for you know since the age of you know twelve years old on up, uh, and I realized that my life was connected by dots, and I always thought that I had the free will in the dots. Uh, by, by connecting those dots, and I and and yeah, free will is is an absolute choice. What I didn't understand until I met Tommy was that a lot of those dots were placed in my path for a reason, <laughs> and basically, I could choose to connect and go in that direction or choose not to. And when I look back on my whole experience, I realized that a large part of my life was divinely guided. But I didn't fathom it, understand it, or really uh, believe it. And uh, so when Tommy was placed in my path, and I looked back at my entire life, I just realized that so many things happened for a reason. And yet I realized that reason was to um, get to where I am now. So um, uh, I was blessed to meet Tommy because, uh, you know, Tommy gave me a real opportunity to reexamine you know, my, my whole previous development and, uh, you know, my reason for becoming a physician, uh, uh, writing books, uh, you know, using coenzyme Q10 before anybody used it. I was using it over 30 years ago. And when I was lecturing on it, for example, doctors were walking out of the room. <laughs> and, and now, you know, it's one of the mainstays of, uh, of cardiology. So I, I, I really believe that, uh, uh, you know, Tommy's presence in my life was, was preordained. And, and, and that's, you know, 
one of the takeaways that I got personally by uh, writing Heaven and Earth with him. But yeah, I think you always had an open heart and kind of were aware of what things were going by you because sometimes I think the higher spirit speaks a kind of gentle breeze. And I think you were always open to it and your heart was always open, so it was a natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I've always believed that, you know, I mean, look, I mean, why do they become a cardiologist? I mean, uh, you know, I've, I'm also, I also have a degree in psychotherapy, and I realize that, you know, a lot of doctors, or, or a lot of us choose professions uh, where our unconscious drives, uh, you know, we're not in touch with our unconscious drives, we're in touch with our conscious thinking, but really the unconscious drives really drive our characters into directions that we think we'd never go into. And so after, you know, doing years in psychotherapy and getting a, a degree in psychotherapy and becoming a heart specialist uh, and meeting Tommy, you know, uh, you know, I realized that I, I became a heart specialist to really search for my own heart. And, uh, and meeting Tommy was sort of the uh, 180 to 360 degree turn that I needed to make uh, in, in connecting with my own heart. And that's what the book uh, Heaven and Earth did because uh, um, it was a full connection into, you know, why a cardiologist, uh, you know, becomes a, you know, why somebody like myself becomes a cardiologist. And again, it's a search for your own heart. And I think that's a search for a lot of people, but we don't understand it. We don't want to believe it. We, we, we deny it. And, uh, and again, everybody should have an opportunity of meeting a Tommy in their life because Tommy makes it crystal clear. Well, I think you do as well. But one message I take away from this is that all the world religions, we should be looking at what they have in common, not the differences. Likewise with politics. There's so much dissension. Why don't we look at what we have in common? Because we all want basically the same thing. So isn't that one of your messages as well? Yes, and it's really true because what, what happens is, it, it was amazing. I rebuilt the shrine for the Virgin Mother in New York City after my accident. And I took a picture one day, and in the picture, on the stone, a Jewish star came out, Star David. And that was a confirmation to know that we're all connected with religions, too. Each religion has a part of the other religion, some way or another, to honor God. And once I believed that we all accept each other religions, the world would be a much nicer place. Absolutely. Yeah, and then Tommy, in the book, remember um, when you were talking to uh, Jesus in heaven, um, when he said to you, there's a thousand paths to my door? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the interpretation there can be, um, what does that mean? You know, I mean, uh, does that mean if you uh, grew up in nature or you grew up in India, uh, you know, and you... Uh, you know, practiced uh, Hinduism or, or 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 Taoism. That that's a path to the door. Or you grew up in in oh, Europe yeah. and you were Protestant. That's a path to your door. Yeah. So and even not it doesn't matter what the, the religion path. is. It's it's another path. And uh, right. and that's what I think is really exciting. You know. And, and even atheists will will go to heaven because God loves them too. I mean, it's all different. It's a belief system, but also God doesn't let anyone out. Otherwise, you would not be created. <laughs> Yeah, well, my sense is that, you know, this 
whatever this feeling of spirituality. You can see it with a beautiful sunset, with holding a baby, a beautiful puppy. And I also get the sense that whatever our perception of what heaven will be is that's kind of what we'll get when we get there. It doesn't have to be Christianity, but they all have their own version, and it's all the same. You know, it's interesting. When I met Jesus there, I had asked that question, does everyone meet Jesus? He said, no. Everyone meets who religion they worshipped. And I said, why is that? He says, because if they came to heaven and they saw me there and they were Jewish, they would think something was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So they see Moses. And then later on, as they're there, their development and spiritual enlightenment, they realize that it's all connected. So, folks, all of our religions are going the same place, and our politics, I suspect, as well. So we need to stop back, step back and look and see what unites us. Uh, focusing on the differences is negative, and it's going to lower our vibrational rate for sure. Uh, a negative thought also lowers your vibration. Absolutely. Well, what happens when we lower our vibration? The body gets ill. It gets sick, yeah. So I have an incident that happened to me last week. I'm a plumber, right? So I always think about things in plumbing terms still. So you know, I said to myself, I'm living in my house for 15 years. I never had a plumbing stoppage, right? And that was negative, right? Yeah. A half hour later, I had a plumbing stoppage. I had to get a guy to come clean it. <laughs> well, you brought that thought to your home. Yes. You, we manifest it. So we have to be really careful what we're thinking in our brains because a thought is an action. I didn't verbalize it. I thought it in my brain. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, as a gentleman named Emoto, whom I've heard speak, that just by what you say to water changes its structure. You could put a glass of water Mm -hmm. on something, you know, like love, and the water is one shape. Mm -hmm. You put it on something named uh, hate, and it actually changes the physical structure of the water. So it kind of makes sense that these thoughts can can manifest in some change at some level that we're not able to see. Yes. And the higher you get the vibration of your body to be, the more miracles you see every day. How do I raise the vibration? By raising the vibration is to use the eight revelations. You can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't do illegal drugs. Forget about that because that lowers you really bad for a couple weeks. Just one cigarette. And you can't have GMO foods because that lowers you also. Got to eat the right foods, organic foods preferably. You have to be able to ground. That was another thing I learned in heaven was about grounding. And Jesus says to me, I give people ways to heal. They don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Sinatra was talking about grounding that day, so I thought it was so funny. Wow. So we, we, the message, and also we have a part of the chapter which is called Vital Force. And Dr. Sinatra was talking about that for years with his awesome foursome that helps increase the mitochondria cell. Wow. So you're saying that the vibrational force or the chi or the prana uh, is connected to our mitochondria, the energy generators of the body? Yes, because that's the living cell of our bodies. When that starts to get old, we, we start to age. Right, yeah, and, and I would agree with that. I mean, um, one of the things, Susan, that I've been really involved with over the last 20 years is sort of the um, A4M and, you know, the anti-aging movement. Um, I was one of the original you know, doctors who were involved with that. And, 
you know, a lot of the anti-aging docs believe in the hormonal theory of aging, which, which, which you know, brings a lot to the table. But um, I've always been a big believer in the mitochondrial theory of aging because, see, the, the mitochondria, and for our listeners who are, you know, um, on, the, on the program with us now, you know, try to remember from high school biology or, or chemistry that these, these little organelles that live in a cell, uh, they're like little uh, powerhouses of energy. Uh, they're like little factories. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese would call it chi. The, the, you know, the, the Indians in India may call it prana. Um, but it's really, um, it's, it, it's, it's really ATP support, where, in other words, energetically, um, we form this, this biochemical compound that allows me to talk right now and allows us to think and, and, uh, and, and really carry on everyday activities. Um, the, the essence of fortifying these mitochondria um, with energy and protecting them is really the essence of aging because, you see, mitochondrial DNA, unlike nuclear DNA, have no defense mechanisms. So if, so if we're in a, um, a sea of chemicals, for example, or if we're drinking chlorinated water or eating GMO foods or eating foods with, laced with insecticides and pesticides and and water with chlorine, and, and, and you know the list goes on and on and on. Um, uh, or if we're if we're filled with emotional toxicity, like anger or rage, which is a very very destructive emotion, um, or if we have mercury in our teeth, or we we're, we're breathing in, um, you know, radon, for example, that's seeping up from the earth. I mean, the list is endless. But again, the a toxic environment can really compromise our mitochondria. And when that happens, we age quicker. And then, or we invite illness into our life. And it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be emotional toxicity as well. So, um, you know, one of the beauties of heaven and earth is that I've always believed in this mitochondrial theory of of aging as well as illness and disease. And uh, when Tommy heard about mitochondria in heaven, I was absolutely amazed. In fact, remember, Tommy, I was quizzing you on this. I said, are you sure you heard the term mitochondria? <laughs> and I, I kept saying, I didn't even know what it was. Sure that, that that was, you know, inculcated into your brain when you were, you know, in, in heaven. Because uh, for me, I mean, that was, that's been a big part of my life, is, is this whole mitochondrial aspect of uh, of, of, of disease. And, you know, Susan, I mean, I mean, you're a doctor. I mean, y- you know about the Krebs cycle. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what was one of the ways the German war criminals would commit suicide in World War II? Cyanide. I mean, cyanide. And cyanide, it wipes out the Krebs cycle within eight seconds. I mean, think of that. You, your, your respirate, your, your body the mechanism of producing energy lasts for eight seconds. So, you know, it's a, it's a marvelous way of, of terminating, you know, your being because, I mean, my gosh, it, it just shuts down the entire machinery of the body. So um, I, I've always been enamored with mitochondria as a doctor and as a heart specialist. And again, when Tommy heard about the essence of mitochondrial activity on the other side, it, it, it just blew me away. See, and... This is one of the incredible dots that Tommy did for me, you know, when I was talking about connecting dots before. I mean, you can imagine, Susan, when I was lecturing on CoQ10 maybe 35 years ago to doctors, uh, they wouldn't believe that a vitamin could help, you know, not only um, help support the heart, but even 
in some cases, cure the heart, you know, and I had so many, quote, cures and people with, you know, heart failure and people needed heart transplants that uh, didn't require a heart transplant because I put them on CoQ10 and then ribose and magnesium and carnitine. Uh, you know, I call that metabolic cardiology. But, um, uh, I mean, I mean, Tommy, Tommy, like, validated my life's work. I mean, uh, there were so many lectures I gave, uh, you know, on on toxins in the environment, on mitochondria, on on the awesome foursome, you know, those four nutrients I just uh, uh, suggested and recommended, where, you know, doctors wouldn't believe this stuff and walk out of the room. And, and, and i got to be honest with you, I even questioned some of my own beliefs. But again, meeting Tommy, just, you know, I felt like I was a salmon swimming upstream for years. <laughs> and then, again, being validated by Tommy was a, was a great joy for me in my life. Wow. So these nutrients that you just mentioned, the magnesium, the CoQ10, uh, ribose, etc., do they help raise the vibrational energy that you're talking about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can talk it from the physician's point of view. Tommy can talk about it from the spiritual point of view. But, um, you know, whenever you bring, like, like carnitine, for example, I mean, carnitine um, acts like a ferry boat or, a, or like a freight train. It, it takes in nutrients into the mitochondria to be burned. And, it, and, and then it takes out the toxic metabolites. So this, this ferry boat exchange of nutrients taking metabolites out or toxic metabolites or the burned uh, metabolites um, of oxygen uh, is very important because uh, carnitine is one of the best ways of detoxing our cells. Uh, if you take CoQ10, you're going to help to generate uh, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy of life. Um, ribose if you look at ribose, this five-sided, what we call pentose sugar, is, is actually the center ring of the ATP molecule. And then magnesium is sort of the glue that holds everything together. It's involved in 300 enzymatic reactions. So when I stumbled upon using the um, awesome foursome, I call them, you know, these uh, nutrients, magnesium, CoQ10, carnitine, and ribose. And remember, you know, the body makes carnitine. We make it mostly in the kidney uh, from amino acids that we ingest in the diet. Uh, CoQ10 is made by every cell in the body. Um, ribose is made by a biochemical pathway in the body. We call it the hexose monophosphate shunt. Magnesium you must take in as a supplement. But um, what I found in heart disease is that these nutrients that are made in the body uh, are sort of strangled, and they cannot be made efficiently and effectively. And when this happens, we develop an ATP deficit. And um, uh, if we can't make up enough ATP, in other words, if, if we use the energy faster than we can make it by ourselves, then we're in a deficit. And this is where, you know, angina occurs or a heart cramp or congestive heart failure occurs. Uh, uh, I, I do believe that we're, we're more prone to uh, high blood pressure and arrhythmia uh, where the heart can get out of rhythm. So, so basically, if you can fortify your body with these nutrients that the body makes three of them, we have to take one as a supplement, um, this type of uh, phenomenon that I call metabolic cardiology actually helps to nurture, support, revive, and repair the body. And whenever you do that, uh, you're you're aging less and you're being healthier in the long run. So I'm a huge believer in metabolic cardiology. And again, Tommy validated it on the other side. Uh, so I can, I can listen to Tommy all day long when he talks about, you know, these nutrients from, from the other side point of view. 
Well, one of the most interesting things also, Steve, you can say is that I had metabolic cardiology, too. I had to use for myself. My, uh, after my accident, uh, my heart was stopped, so it got weak. And like 10 years later, I developed uh, a VTAC I had and a low injection fraction of 15%. And they told me I was supposed to go on the heart transplant list. And then one day I saw Dr. Sinatra's book on metabolic cardiology, and I started doing the program. And last year when I was with Dr. Sinatra's office in Connecticut, the injection fraction is 41 now. So it's a big difference. Wow, another connection. Yeah, I mean, Tommy really responded. And and Tommy is one of hundreds of patients that I had that have responded to metabolic cardiology. I mean... uh, uh, some of my worst patients, uh, actually, my, my worst patient uh, was an eight-year-old boy. Um, the, the family um, brought him to me because uh, they couldn't find a heart for him. He was born with a congenital, it's, it's called a singlet outlet ventricle, and he had two major heart operations. We call them palliative heart operations to uh, rehook up the heart to uh, uh, work in a better functional manner. But he really needed a heart transplant, and the, and the parents were absolutely desperate. And, um, you know, that was like uh, almost, uh, let's see, he's over 31 now, so eight, that's about 24 years ago. And he's still alive. In fact, he's the oldest living singlet outlet ventricle in the world, to my knowledge. And uh, um, even though they found a heart for him when he was in his late teens, he refused because he was feeling so much better on metabolic cardiology. And I'll tell you this, Susan. I I um, read a paper back in the year 2009. It was from the Scandinavian literature. And uh, it talked about stem cells in the heart. Now, uh, in this day and age, 2017, um, this whole emergence of stem cells is really exciting. But 10 years ago, when I read this article from the Scandinavians, it was absolutely uh, thrilling for me. It, 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 it gave me immense joy because as I read the article, what the article said was that we all have intrinsic stem cells. Uh, they're in our bone marrow, but the ones that are really active are the ones in our fat cells. And uh, they're actually about 1,500 times stronger than our bone marrow stem cells. So we, the, our body has this knowledge it has this intrinsic wisdom in the stem cell activity to repair, rejuvenate, and renew uh, our cellular tissues. So it's no accident that we replace the epithelium in our mouth, uh, let's say, you know, every, every few days in our GI tract, maybe once a year. Um, our blood cells are replaced every 120 days. Uh, so when we, when we look at, you know, metabolic cardiology, and when I read this paper about cardiomyocyte renewal, now cardiomyocytes are heart cells, specialized heart cells that are loaded with mitochondria, like we talked about before. So when I read this article, I had this incredible joy in my body because I realized for the first time that the way metabolic cardiology is working is that it's, quote, it's buying time for our own intrinsic stem cells to take over. So basically, when I treated patients, uh, like Tommy, for example, who had a very low ejection fraction, and I bring metabolic cardiology to the table, now he's living 
where now his intrinsic stem cells are renewing his heart. So at the end of the article, uh, I had such a smile on my face because these researchers uh, strongly suggested that the heart can renew itself up to 40% in a lifetime. Now think of that. You can renew your heart that was extraordinarily damaged, whether it was a heart contusion, myocardial infarction, congestive heart failure, hypertension, virus, you name it. You can renew the, the, the musculature of the heart up to 40% in a lifetime, and that is huge. So I really think that when people take uh, ribose, CoQ10, carnitine, and magnesium, they're literally buying time uh, and they're allowing their own intrinsic stem cells to, like, take over and revitalize and restructure the heart. So, um, Tommy, you learned that part of that in heaven as well about metabolic cardiology. So I, I just feel blessed that uh, the seal of approval was placed on <laughs> by Tommy's, you know, insightful, you know, revelations in heaven as well. So, again, I'm, I'm truly blessed. So let me understand, because my understanding is that we do replenish at night. We do remove some of the toxins, although we're heavily over-challenged with toxins. So you're saying that that comes from the stem cells and the fat, and that's the mechanism with which we detox and rebuild during the night? Well, not necessarily during the night, although, you know, with sleep, we, we, we do regenerate. That's why it's very important that we have REM sleep. And and, you know, sleep apnea is, is, is a real problem because it doesn't allow us to get into the, that aspect of sleep. But, yes, I mean, um, um, our bodies have the intrinsic wisdom to repair itself because the body knows. I mean, the body has the wisdom. And one of the problems I had with um, a lot of the medical therapies I practice as a physician was that sometimes uh, we overutilize pharmaceutical drugs. I mean, many times we need pharmaceuticals to live. I mean, you know, heart failure, arrhythmias, uh, diabetes. I mean, of course we need pharmaceuticals. But many times we have an over-reliance on pharmaceuticals and where the, the smart wisdom or the smart money is to allow the body to take over, give it what it needs, you know, healthy air, grounding, earthing, reduce inflammation, organic foods, non-GMO foods, water is not laced with chemicals or chlorine, um, uh, you know, get rid of emotional toxicity. These are, in other words, what I'm mentioning is ways to increase our vibratory state of, um, of, our, of our cells. And once you increase the vibration of the cells, um, then, um, you know, magnificent things happen. I'll tell you this, Susan. I've been practicing cardiology for over 40 years. And one of the things I noticed uh, in maybe my 20th, 20th, 25th year around that time, and I really noticed this empirically, was that people who are truly in love did not develop heart disease. That's one of the reasons why I wrote the book Heartbreak and Heart Disease. Because think about when you're in love. Uh, whether you're in love with a you know a human being, an animal, uh, God, I mean, whatever it is, your cells vibrate in your body. They dance. Uh, yeah. They don't become stagnant. And when cells are vibrating and dancing and happy and alive, it doesn't allow disease to get in. So if you're living in depression or you're living with anger or rage or if you're resentful or if you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop, we call that vigilance, uh, you're not giving your cells a chance to dance. And when you don't give your cells a chance to dance and be alive, you develop illness. So um, 
I am a big believer in, in positive thinking, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, thinking optimistically and not living in pessimism. And again, Tommy learned all this stuff in heaven. And, uh, uh, and again, he, he validated, you know, uh, my whole entire life's work because I spent so much time in mind-body medicine as well as cardiology that uh, it just makes perfect sense to me now. So the body has a physical element and an energy element, and hopefully we get ourselves all to dance. So is this true? We've got these two, at least these two components? Yes, and Tommy, talk about the spiritual element. I mean, I, yeah, I really the, believe the, that we the have three elements. The most important the is the spiritual. Yeah. The spiritual self can alleviate problems in the physical self. And just knowing that God loves you unconditionally and thinking that every day in prayer and stuff like that and meditation, the universe hears that and the universe then sends back unconditional love to you too. And that love heals you. So by being connected to source or God, you increase the vibration of your body, which then helps heal your body. You know, Susan, uh, that, that was well said. And just from the physical you know, let's say doctor point of view. I mean, um, uh, I studied mind, medicine, mind body medicine for over a decade. I was a bioenergetic therapist. I studied Gestalt psychotherapy. Uh, uh, you're a doctor. You know what it's like to you know go to medical school and oh, you know, do I ever and residency and stuff like that. So, in other words, it, it takes an enormous amount of time to understand why people get sick, and then it takes an enormous amount of time. Is okay? How do you fix people? I mean, I learned. Um, probably, again, in my, I became a board-certified cardiologist when I was 31, but it was in my early 40s when I wrote Heartbreak and Heart Disease that I really focused on, on this whole essence of why people become ill. And I can tell you, and again, Tommy validates this in, in our book, you know, Health Revelations from Heaven and Earth. I mean, the reason why we get sick is that our body is, is disconnected uh, both spiritually, emotionally, and physically. In other words, those three realms, there's a disconnection. And when we're disconnected spiritually or physically or emotionally, uh, um, this invites illness into our life. And Susan, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I believe, I firmly believe, that illness is one of the ways the angels shake us up into trying to get us back into equilibrium. And I used to talk to patients about this all the time. Let me give you a case in point. I was, I was seeing a woman who was married to a cancer specialist, an oncologist, who developed breast cancer. And I um, was talking to her in a very deep manner about, you know, why she developed breast cancer. Uh, you know, what were her ins- insightful comments about herself? And... You know, after talking about the possibility that the breast cancer uh, could be a, a cry for help where her body is out of sync emotionally and physically and spiritually, she got it immediately. And she said to me, oh, my God, I'm hearing that this breast cancer is an opportunity for me to get my body back. In other words, to come back emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and, to, and to, to get my body back in synchrony. And I didn't tell her that, but she understood it, you know, from our little meeting in the office. And she got it, that uh, breast cancer was placed in a path 
and it was an opportunity to, you know, bring our body back into those domains. So, I mean, I, I just feel that um, when people have an illness, um, sure, it can be physical degeneration. And the older we get, the more illnesses we get. I mean, I'm, I'm privy to that as being a doctor, and, I'm, and, I, and I believe in that model. But if you're connected with your spiritual side and your emotional side, uh, and you have a deep connection uh, to those other realms, uh, getting sicker will develop more resistance. And, uh, and the physical body uh, will, will actually... Um, uh, be more in tuned with our emotional body and our physical body. And when that happens, we thwart off illness and we prevent illness. Does so this mean that in the future we'll be using vibrational and spiritual techniques to aid in our healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting it, Susan. Vibrational medicine is a medicine. Every, the everything in the universe is a frequency number. This is what I learned in heaven. Your skin has a frequency number, your heart, uh, your arteries. And there's six to 7,000 different numbers. A brain has over 350, just the brain itself. The eyes have three, 400. The ears have three, 400. Those are the three most um, areas that have the most frequency numbers because it's so difficult for that to work. And the research that I've done over the years is that mold has a frequency, bacteria has a frequency. And what makes Lyme disease so difficult to get rid of it is that the Lyme has a consciousness, so does, a lot of, so does fungus. And it'll run to a place to hide when you give antibiotics. So it hides behind other bacterias, and then when you kill those bacterias, the Lyme is weakened, but it comes back because you never got it. And, and, and the Lyme, Lyme actually so metamorphoses into a different organism. That's the problem with yep. Lyme mm-hmm. disease. It becomes encapsulated. It develops a tail. It, de- it develops uh, cilia. It's amazing. I mean, Lyme, the Lyme parasite is one of the most tenacious organisms to eradicate. Keep going, Tommy. That, that was good. And then what else happens is, so let's say a woman says to me or a guy says to me, I got sick, right? I got a sore throat. Well, you didn't just get sick. That bacteria or that virus couldn't be in your body for 20 years because we never get rid of it. And your immune system gets low by something that might have happened, and then that virus or bacteria comes out, and then you get a sore throat. So illness doesn't mean that you're getting sick from something that has happened. It, 90% of the time, it's the immune system being jeopardized. And mm. I also learned in heaven is why do people that eat less food live longer? There's two things the body can't do at the same time. It can't digest food and detoxify. So the less food you eat, the more your body's in a detoxification mode. So if you eat at 7 o'clock and they don't eat till the next morning, that whole night, first of all, you've got 3-4 hours for digestion, and if you have lobster or shrimp, it's 8-10 to 10 hours to digest that because it's so very difficult to digest. So then eight to ten hours, you're losing all that detoxification mode. Interesting. Now, meat takes three to four hours. Water takes 15 minutes. Fruit takes a half hour to 40 minutes. So you, you take foods that have a lesser digestion part of it. Your immune system then gets stronger, and your body starts to get rid of toxins too faster. Wow. Yeah, actually, each Susan, food, that was one of the lectures. I'm working on now too is... Um, each food has its own vibration, too, and frequency. Kale has the highest frequency and uh, vibration of anything. 
the human body vibrates at like, let's say, 1,000 to 1,500. And if it's sick, it's 900 or less. But kale is 3,500. You have kale once or twice a day. You're detoxifying your body. It helps get rid of metals too because um, the greens, the heavy greens do that. That is so important because we, as we've heard in previous shows, are just in a sea of toxins. Yeah, so metals cause Alzheimer's. Yes. So what happens is, um, I've seen 25,000 people, so I know a little bit about what goes on in the body since my accident. Mm-hmm. And all different types of ailments. And they show me different things, spirit does, of how it happens. So... We have to stay positive. Now, when the kidneys get overloaded with metals, the next place to go is the brain. And that's how the Alzheimer's starts. Because what happens is it gets into the arteries of the brain and they start to make them go less and less with flow. And then less flow, less nutrition, and then the cells start to die. So how do you get the brain cells to get unblocked? Corella. DMSA helps get rid of detoxify the kidneys. The metals. Cilantro is the biggest one, Tommy. Well, doesn't cilantro just pull it out, but you don't know where it's going to go? You have to use it for a long time. Okay. Cilantro is good to have every 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 day, and the kale is is really good too. Okay, because I I know people get sick when they get kale, and they're getting sick because it's detoxifying you. Ah, her timer reaction. Yeah. Yep. I say to people, keep. Eating, eat a little more, less at a time, but eat, keep eating, and your body's going to get used to it, and the detox will be less. What but that means, folks, it. is that when they start the detox, some of the gunk is coming out, and we're reacting to the gunk, but if you push through it, it should get better is what they're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways for us to heal, and we just want to educate people. That's what I want to do, because if you can start to think better, ground eat the right foods, don't smoke and drink or do illegal drugs, your body's going to respond so well. Wow. And sugar is the biggest key to not have. The vibration of sugar's frequency number is only 700. So just think about that. If you're at 1,200, let's say, and you eat sugar at 700, it's going to bring the 1,200 below 900 where illness can start. Well, I just got the signal that we're winding down with four more minutes, so I'd certainly uh, like to give you both a chance to summarize with some major points and let us know about your website. And I hope folks in the audience, if you want to hear more about vibrational medicine, uh, let me know and we'll bring them back. But in, in closing, what would you, Tommy and Dr. Sinatra, like to say to give our mes- audience the message? Well, well maybe um, just thought first, Tommy. Yeah. I, okay. Um, this thing about vibrational medicine uh, is getting more accepted in the medical community. I mean, this is something that I'm, I'm lecturing at in Sirvananda in the Bahamas in April. Um, I'm talking about vibrational medicine. Um, it's, it's, it's really going to be the new buzzword, I think, of the next uh, decade. I, I really feel that way. Um, you know, Tommy and I may go up to Montreal in August, for example. Uh, we, we've lectured up there on on vibrational medicine, and people have to think more, more today about their about how to raise the vibration in their body. I'll tell you this, Susan, because I, I know I only have about thirty seconds left. Um, one of the worst ways of lowering the vibration in your body is telling a lie or telling a falsehood or 
not, uh. not speaking the truth. Whenever you don't speak the truth, the autonomic nervous system knows the truth, you know, our primitive nervous system. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I, I, I think um, we have some refractory illnesses going on, especially high blood pressure and those types of situations, because whenever you betray yourself, the, where you betray your, your inner autonomic nervous system. Uh, because a lie detector test can pick up you know, 99 plus people who are lying. So uh, one of the things that we talk about in heaven and earth, and one of the things I've learned as a heart specialist, is telling the truth is one of the most vital ways of increasing your vibration. And Tommy, we have one minute for your final wisdom, which I find fascinating. Well, the final wisdom is that each and every one of us has the ability to heal ourselves. You can't go to a doctor to get healed. You have to do it yourself. The right foods, the right way you think, taking care of yourself, the right amount of rest, all those things play into health. Wow. Well, this is quite interesting. And uh, what the message I have that I keep coming back to is that we need to look at what unites us and what we have in common, and that being world religions. I mean, if the concept of God or Jesus makes you feel uncomfortable, substitute the higher source mm-hmm. or the universe. It's yep. all the same. And poli- you know, politically, there's so much division. We need to look at what we've got in common. We all want the same thing. We want a government that's going to protect us from all these toxins and not continually vote that we have genetically modified stuff in our food and we can't find out about it. So we need to unite at what we have in common. Um, so, and final, I would like to, if you need to contact me, or you can find more information on my website, you can contact me at Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. I encourage you to do your own research and to become informed so you can take care of yourself and others. So all, please be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.